0: Today we shall continue our study in the book of John, and we'll be looking at John chapter 1, verse 14. I've titled this The Perfect Son. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. After revealing who Jesus was in the earlier verses. In the testimony of John the Baptist, we see how the narrator provides the proclamation of the Word himself. The Logos becoming flesh. God becomes a man. The nature of God who is eternal has taken on mortal flesh. The extremes of existence seem to produce a paradox. How does God, eternal, immortal, become man? I believe the synthesis of these two extremes is revealed in the word Became, Eganeto. Earlier the term was revealed in the creation narrative, Ex Nihilo. In his book Witness to the World, Karl Barth writes, The well-known paradox of the verse lies in the word Eganeto, Became. The paradox lies in the manner, in the flesh, Jesus came into this world. This translation of the word became is the key because of its reference to the nature of the word, the Logos. The Logos has not changed, but the Logos does now exist in the flesh. The eternal and all-powerful God has descended into our realm. He is born of the Virgin Mary, of the bloodline of David. In verse 15, the narrator reveals the testimony of John the Baptist in his words. This was he whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, Because he was before me. He was before him because he was before creation. Throughout the Bible, we see the law state the evidence of the two witnesses required, whether in an offense or a revelation or truth. Therefore, this is why John the Baptist's witnessing and testimony is important as it will be revealed later that there is a second witness to the Deity of Jesus Christ. As Jesus reveals the witness in John chapter 5, verse 37, And the Father who sent me has set himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, His form you have never seen. As heaven and earth bear witness to the evidence of the Son of God. Many may question the worth of this statement that the Father bore witness. But one has to read Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And in Matthew chapter 7, verse 5, He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. The Gospel of Matthew reveals a testimony from the Father in heaven as a witness to the Son of God. The evidential truth is not subjective, but grounded in objective reasoning, substantiated by an a posteriori experience witnessed by those who heard the voice from heaven. We have seen His glory and the truth of Jesus' ministry on earth. We have seen the teachings and fulfillment of man's inability to do what is right. Since creation we have failed, and Jesus came to rectify what Adam failed. In John chapter 3, verse 17, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. His one true purpose was to bring order back into creation and to take the one misalignment of the whole creation narrative which is found in the one witness who proclaimed in John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day John the Baptist saw Jesus coming towards him and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world many scholars believe that the context of the verse refers to jesus becoming the sacrificial lamb who would take away the collective sins of the world jesus christ is our savior and substitute of our condemnation has become our sacrifice in our place grace upon grace from our lord god however was john the baptist referring to the original sin or was he referring to the inherited propensity to sin or was it the collectively sins that we bear here are some current consensus on this verse robert jameson and a r fawcett and david brown in the commentary critical the explanatory of the whole bible volume two writes the sin the singular number being used to mark the collective burden and all-embracing efficacy. And William Hendrickson and Simon J. Kistemaker in their book Exposition of the Gospel according to John, Volume 1 According to the Baptists, it is the sin of the world, men from every tribe and people, by nature lost to sin, which the Lamb is taking away, not merely the sin of a particular nation, all the sins which the Lamb removes are spoken of collectively as the sin. In Colin G. Cruz, in his book, John, Introduction and Commentary, Volume 4, in John chapter 1, verse 29, Jesus is the one who takes away the sin of the world. There are a couple of other places in the fourth gospel where Jesus' significance of the world is implied. In John chapter 3 verse 16 to 17, God's love leads him to give his only son to the world so that those who believe might have eternal life. And in chapter 4 verse 22, 42, the Samaritans come to recognize that Jesus really is the savior of the world, not just of the Jewish people. Whether Jesus came to fulfill what Adam failed and set all things right and we have no more excuse to sin anymore or whether Jesus collectively took all our sins upon Himself on the cross, we ultimately have been saved by God's grace. It would be contrary to our Christian faith to continue to sin because God Himself dwells in all of us who has believed in the faith in Jesus Christ and are empowered by the Holy Spirit to love and to love the way only God knows love, His divine love. My brothers and sisters, the reality of the world today and ourselves is that we are burdened by our sins. No matter how we conclude a righteous life that we live, we are not in the position to judge, we are not in the position to know. And realize our accountability to God. It is our propensity to sin in any manner that we we sometimes are not aware of, that God Himself has come into the world and set things right. It is through the creation narrative that God created Adam and Eve so that they would rule over his creation. It was through His tribes and the nations of Israel that God called to be priests and example for all those to realize His glory and majesty, and they too have failed. Throughout time, from since the beginning of creation, man has failed. How are we to even consider that we have succeeded today? Look at the world around us. The world is utter chaos. The world feeds on our need for for our moral desires. Until we come to terms with our own brokenness and our own sinful ways, that we can then seek and find the glory that is given through His Son, Jesus Christ. That He has come into this world and taken sin and defeated sin, and defeated death. How are we to throw away such a glorious gift that our Lord God has come and offered to us? Put yourself away. Put your own thoughts and reasonings away. Make your free will to choose who God is in your life. Put your heart and soul in His absolutes and only through him can we then embrace the love that he has given through his son his love that has been poured upon us since the creation of time only then can we then be saved thank you and god bless